there. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I don't know if I ever said this or not, but that's my daughter uh, saying, oh, yeah, here. Yeah, have I, I, have I mentioned that before? Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't my know if I had my daughter come out. <laughs> Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And that was uh, that was all based on the... You know, exploring the way, you know, as you, you know, children in the back seat every three minutes. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And I figured that would be, I don't know if it's cute or annoying. I haven't decided yet, but we're stuck with it. So there we go. Depends on who's driving. That it that does. But so here we are. We are, this is episode lucky number 13. Awesome. Yeah. And today is Friday the 13th. And today Yay. is Friday the 13th. So. Those of you who have those tendencies may may not want to listen to this Yeah, may not want to listen to this podcast. We, on the other hand, we don't believe in superstition at all. I thought we had decided you weren't well, going to push those buttons, Kyle. After. What? I thought you we decided you weren't going to push those buttons. I heard you. You said they didn't bother. <laughs> I heard you. No, I said don't do it. <laughs> But before the podcast, yeah, before the podcast, Kyle was like, "Okay, every time I do something, I get this bling, and it, it it comes across." And I said, "Well," and so we we tried to figure out how to fix it. We couldn't. We didn't want to mess with it because we're afraid that if we messed with it, we'd blow the whole recording. So my suggestion was, "Well, just don't touch anything," and that was what was agreed to. And then I just heard the bling, which means Kyle's touching things again. <laughs> Can't keep his fingers to himself. <laughs> So in the studio today, and now he won't even look at me, in the studio today we have our guest host, Kyle Hawkins. Hello. And we have our very special guest, Miss Karima Ibodi. Did I say that correctly, Karima? Yes, Karima Amodi. Yes. Amodi, yes, yes. I'm happy to be uh, here with you guys. And we are very, very excited that you're here. Um, we're going to talk to Karima. Karima uh, in a real short version, and she will expand on this in a little while, um, converted very late in life. And I don't mean to age you at all, but um, you, you've already shared this, so um, it's nothing new to people. 
that later in life you you uh, converted from uh, Muslim or Islam to uh, to Christianity. And uh, yes, I did. Yeah, and we're going to explore that today, and we're going to explore a lot of questions around that. But first, it's time for weird news. All right, so first in weird news, we are in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Fairlawn, New Jersey. Uh, Police Sergeant Brian Metzer was called to a multi-resident senior housing building on River Road at 1.56 p.m. on a Sunday. They were called there to provide assistance to an 86-year-old resident of the building that people hadn't seen in a while. After some digging and searching, they found the 86-year-old resident stuck in a rabbit cage. Police were were able to release the woman from the cage, and she was then transported to Valley Hospital for evaluation. It's unclear how long the woman had been stated in the the cage, she didn't say, and foul play was, was uh, was not suspected. So we're not sure how Grandma got in the cage. We're not sure why Grandma got in the cage. And I want to know where were the rabbits? There's no mention of rabbits. Obviously, there were no ducks or chickens. There was no foul play. That is correct. Yeah, but how'd she get down that rabbit hole? (laughs) (laughs) Good one. She played right into that. Well, she did. She did. We don't know. And like, I'm just wondering if it's like a scene from Of Mice and Men. You know, when Lenny had the rabbit and he would pet him and hold him and squeeze him and hug him. And I don't mm. know if, if maybe grandma wanted to go and pet, hold and squeeze and the rabbit went all the way to the backside of the cage. So she decided just to climb on in. I, I don't know. But for whatever reason, she couldn't get out. I didn't know they so, made human sized rabbit cages. That's my so. thing. Yeah. Unless she was raising some really big rabbits. I mean, yeah. How big were these rabbits that grandma was able just to climb right in the door? Or maybe she was a little person. Or maybe she's just really flexible. Maybe she was one of those circus people that could just get into anything. We might have to look into that and get some... We might just have to look her up and just give her a call and say, hey, we've got some questions about this. I would love to, but they didn't (laughs) give her name. If they'd have gave her name, I'd have tried to look her up, but they they didn't give her name. So, Well, for mine, I do have a name. Okay, go ahead. My news of the weird begins the way all news of the weird should begin. A Florida man. There you go. A Florida man was arrested last Tuesday after he allegedly threw a Bible at a sheriff's deputy. Authorities were called to a residence in Summerfield, which is northwest of Orlando, after a neighbor reported a break-in at his home. When deputies arrived, they found Robert Hoskins, 39, dressed in his underwear, shouting something to the effect, I condemn you. Then he threw a Bible and hit the deputy in the face. Hoskins was tased and taken into custody. (laughs) The arrest report that the the subject then defecated on himself at the scene. (laughs) A deputy wrote in the report that the subject was asked why he broke into the home, and he replied, because God told me to. (laughs) <laughs> okay. he he condemned him in a whole new way um 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He shared a little more than the Holy Spirit with that man, didn't he? Yeah. 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 He's facing uh, charges of burglary, petty theft, criminal mischief, property damage, battery on an officer, and resisting an officer without violence. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. You poop on somebody, that's violence. There's that's violence involved violence. with that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is going to come as a surprise, but a relative has told the, uh, the media that um, the suspect has a drug problem. No. Oh. No. No. There's no way. I'm going it. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> All right, let's move over to another appropriate venue, which would be Georgia. Uh, Georgia. Yeah, no, excuse me, Alabama, not Georgia. I I almost gave Georgia a bad name, Alabama. So in Athens, Alabama, a woman decided to go for a midnight swim. Um, (laughs) Athens firefighters found a woman swimming inside of a 70-foot-high water tank on Elm Street that was filled with 350,000 gallons of water. According to Holly Hallman with the city of Athens, the woman, who is not being identified, broke into the fence barrier, climbed the ladder to the top of the tank, and decided to take a swim. Uh, A retired Athens police officer who lives nearby saw her and called authorities. When the firefighters climbed up, they were able to get inside and convinced her to come out. Uh, They were able to secure her with harnesses and safety ladders, and got her down safely. Um, the problem was that the wastewater department manager, Jimmy Junkin, said that they will now have to drain all 350,000 gallons of the water and sanitize the tank before it can be put back in operation. Yeah, I was hoping. Uh, that was making me very concerned <laughs> that that would be some... You think maybe she peed in the pool? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody just, everybody pees in the pool. Just to know on yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. Just to know. <laughs> yeah, just, 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 just no. Know on all of it. No, just no. every aspect of it. So no. Did she not find a swimming pool? I just, and to go 70 feet high is pretty high up to go, to go get yeah. in people's water, drinking water. I just, well, they, they did say that they took her to the local hospital for mental evaluation. I'm happy about that. <laughs> Very happy. Probably a good thing to do with her. And I, I'm just mm-hmm. wondering now. I've I've never seen the inside of a water tank, but they they show a picture of it on the on the story, and it's it's one of those uh, just tall, seventy foot round cylinders. It wasn't like a water tower with the bubble on top. This one was just a round cylinder. And I'm wondering, once she got in, how would she get out without the firemen and whoever else? I mean, it's not like there's a ladder in the thing. Maybe she's waiting on the high tide. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, we got to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got some international news. Okay. This is coming out of Israel, one of our favorite places. Uh, Israel is opening up a new amusement park, a Six Flags style amusement park just outside of uh, Jerusalem, about 20 miles outside of Jerusalem. Uh, it's supposed to be a very popular uh, chief financial contributor to this was a man by the name of Hanak Kass, K-A-S-S. And as a tribute to this man, they have decided to name the park after him. And the name of the park will be Magic Kass. I guess that didn't really translate in, in Hebrew. <laughs> 
but I'm not sure that I want to go to a park named Magic Ass. Magic Ass. Well, say, it, say it fast, say it, it quickly, Karima. Ma- <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I think the uh, the 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 major attraction <laughs> the major attraction is going to be the large roller coaster called the Colon Run. <laughs> but they are going to have a large VR section. And this is this is true. This I'm not making this up. They're going to have a large VR section, you know, where you put on the glasses and you have the virtual reality. Now, I don't know, but I think they might be naming that the Oscopy Room. Can I uh, mention uh, the swimming pool that you and I talked about the other day? The swimming pool you and I talked about. That was sponsored by uh, Oh, the grocery yeah. store owner. Yeah, go ahead. Karima might enjoy that. Okay. So in Texas, um, we have a chain of fr- grocery stores called HEB, which are easily the best grocery stores you'll ever go to. Bye. They're awesome. Um, and HEB stands for H-E Butt. The guy who founded the company was named H-E Butt. So years ago, after the uh, Wait, just, grocery just, store. Just stop right there. And I love HEB stores. But I'm just wondering how this man made it through school with the last name of Butt. I mean, just the butt of all jokes. He was, he was, and he was a total butthead, I'm sure. But it's just, how do you go through life with the name of Butt? Yeah. Well, if you recall, Troy, we went to high school with a guy named Mike Butt, and I tell you, you wouldn't have teased him twice. Well, that's true. I I remember him. Yeah. You would have been toothless. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah. he uh, the the grocery store takes off. He starts making money and decides to give back to the community by building a community center down in South Texas that included a swimming pool, which the uh, kids in the area quickly started calling the butthole. You guys buy this stuff at like really? You can't make this stuff up, Karima. You cannot make it up. I mean, we're we're not that good. We're just not. All right, I got one more. Kyle Clark. Kyle, this is a guy with your name. Kyle Clark was 35. Was driving his black Volkswagen Jetta on Lakeshore Drive in Chicago when he sideswiped another vehicle carrying an off-duty officer and his friend at about 11:40 p.m. The off-duty officer and the friend both had to uh, to pull up alongside Clark and wave him down, and they ordered him to pull over so that they could file the crash report. The off-duty or- uh, officer then identified himself as a Chicago police officer, and after the three men exited their vehicle, Clark allegedly punched the off-duty officer twice in the face. The officer's friend then stepped in and... For some reason, this friend was shirtless, and when he did, Clark decided to attach himself to the man's chest and then bit off his nipple. Wow. Police arrived at the scene, took Clark into custody after a brief struggle. Uh, The friend was taken to the hospital where he received uh, treatment. Clark was booked into the Cook County Jail. Uh, has a $100,000 bond. His lead charge is aggravated assault on a peace, uh, peace officer, but he was also charged with aggravated battery, causing great bodily harm, aggravated unlawful use of a weapon, 
and leaving the scene of a property damage accident. Uh, Apparently, this is his third conviction, or will be. He has three previous convictions for aggravated battery on a police officer. Uh, He will be... His first court appearance will be on August 16th, and sadly, the nipple was not recovered. Oh, why did he swallow it or what? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But you know who's really having a good week this week? Who is that? Mike Tyson. You know why? Why is Mike having a good week? Two reasons. Because in the last week, there has been another episode of a boxer biting the other boxer's ear. Oh, wow. And now you're bringing up how somebody bit someone's nipple off. And I'm sure Tyson's going, you know, see what I did wasn't all that bad. And, right. I, <laughs> and I spit it out. I spit it out on the right. thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. I didn't Actually, a Vander, uh, a Vander Hollyfield might be one of your neighbors. Is oh, it? down here in Atlanta. Yeah. A yeah. friend of mine told me he has a, he works with an insurance company down here, does a lot of promotions for him. Wow. Or Vander. From, from, I always thought he'd be a nice guy. Yeah, he seems like he is. Yeah. Well, guys, that will, cool town. that will do it for Weird News. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, we have a guest in the studio uh, via technology and digital ones and zeros and cyberspace and everything else we have miss karima emoti and as i had said before karima has a fascinating story for us um, of how later in her life uh, she went from being a devout muslim to being a devout christian karima i'm gonna let you just tell your story and then i got lots of questions some questions (laughs) go wow Thank you. First of all, I want to, you know, thank you guys for allowing me on your platform. You're rapidly growing, clearly supernaturally accelerated um, podcast. You guys have been doing an awesome job for the short time you've been on air. And I'm really happy to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tori. Thank you so much, Kyle. And I really have to give Kyle credits because he looks like he's in a really cool place, his background. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's the San Marcos River. San Marcos River. Okay. I have to get me some of those because you can just imagine yourself in a much better place. <laughs> I have a, like a white blank wall. So <laughs> you're really kind of showing me out there, Kyle. <laughs> so I don't know where you guys want me to start. It's always interesting when I tell the story of how um, Jesus brought me to him. So I, you know, I was born and raised as a, a Muslim in the nation of Islam. Grew up that way. My whole life went to Muslim some schools um then as i became older you know continued to identify as a muslim uh, actually married a christian uh, though it was always understood that the children would be raised muslim and i wasn't going to convert so much so his own pastor wouldn't marry us because he told him that if he was a real man he would make me convert and i was like okay and he he was like, no, I want her. She doesn't have to convert. So um, I grew up and I lived my life as a Muslim up until I had an encounter with Christ. I, like I told you guys before, I wasn't looking for their Jesus, your Jesus. I was not absolutely not looking for him. 
Um, as a matter of fact, if you would have told me prior to that season in my life before I became Christian that I would have become Christian, I would have laughed at you. I'm like, no, I'm good. I, I, I'll pass on that. Um, I didn't want anything to do with that 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 Christ because I didn't really see him as someone that was helping or working for the people that I saw that were Christian. That had been my experience. I'm like, people are not doing well financially. They're not really moving forward. You're sick. Everything that you said that your Jesus can do for you, it wasn't working. I didn't see any results. And, you know, I'm a results-oriented person. So I was, you know, I never said it out loud, but it was one of those unspoken things that I'm good over here as a Muslim. We can be good friends, but you can keep your Jesus. I'm okay. Um, yet I went through this period of my life, as I was telling you guys in our pre-interview, that um, I wasn't, I can't, I can't say I was looking for anything. I just know that being a Muslim and the Quran and the things that I had used to give me peace and solace and comfort weren't working. As I told you guys before, I was, you know, depressed, having constant anxiety attacks every single day, panic attacks, afraid to go to sleep, um, would go lay down and literally would just be afraid to go to sleep because I would have these crazy panic attacks. At one point I was even suicidal. I was thinking, you know, I don't want to live. This is too much. Yet going out every day, getting up, you know, calling the ambulance, getting taken to the hospital. They're telling me it's all, you know, nothing's wrong with me. I'm not dying. You're not having a heart attack. And then me going back to work in the morning. And so it got to the point that it was so bad that the, um, I remember um, I lived in a condo by myself and no one was at my house and I would sneak. Now check this out. I would sneak. So I would flip the channels, even though I wasn't a television watcher and I'm still not, um, which is kind of interesting for some of the things that I'm doing. But anyway, um, I was looking at TV and the only time I would actually get comfort that I can actually fall asleep. I wouldn't go into my bedroom. I was going to my other room, the television room, and I would, flip through the channels. And I just remember the only time that I had any kind of peace where I wasn't under constant panic was when I would watch the twist and television stations. I didn't like make any uh, connections with it. All I knew is that at that season, I was so wound up, so stressed and so, um, and so much panic and anxiety that I just remember whenever I would fall asleep before the few hours before I had to go to work, the, the channel would always be when I would wake up would be on a Christian television station. I can't say I was actually listening to anything. I just knew that when I turned on that channel, that's when I started to come down. I, the anxiety started to lift. And like I said, in, in that moment, I didn't make the connection. I just remember always wanting to go back to those channels because I would try everything else, but when I would end on there, it would happen. So long story short, so I would, uh, a friend of mine, uh, her name was Rose Hunt. And I always like to tell her name because just like D Jesus said, the woman who poured the oil on his feet and wiped his hair, that her name would always be mentioned. And because of her, the significant role she played in me becoming a Christian, I always mentioned her name. She was, her name was Rose Hunt, African-American woman, older, powerful, both for her, her and I both worked for Whirlpool. I ran the education arm and she read the um, community development arm. And so um, she lived in a condo over top of mine. And I would tell her things. She would always say things that I'm just going to make the enemy my footstool. I'm going to pray for those people. Because I don't know if you know anything about community development work. When you're working in community development, there's always drama. People are always angry at the man or the corporation. It's always something going on. I'm not dismissing it, but you just got to know that's just, it's always something. Somebody's always angry. They're always having some community meeting about something. And that was her area. That was not my area. 
Um, and she would say things, like I said, like, you know, I'm gonna make the enemy my footstool. I'm just going to pray for them. And I would be like, pray for them. I wouldn't be praying for them. Yada, yada, yada. That wasn't my way of dealing with people. Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you off or, you know, cut you off or whatever I was going to do, but she would always do that. And I started to call her the Teflon Don. And if you guys remember about that, uh, that, uh, that, um, that mobster that lived in New York that they couldn't, finally they did, but they, he could never get any charges to stick and they called him the Teflon Don. And so I would call her that because no matter what would happen in the community and people would be so angry at her and just saying horrible things, she would just pray for him. And then, then the stuff would just like stop happening. I don't even know how to explain it. I know what it is now when you have the Holy Spirit, he just goes in front of you. But in the time she didn't know I was watching her and I would just, but I did start calling her the Teflon because she would tell me about what was going on I would hear about it and the next day it would just be like nothing nobody's upset nobody's mad they're talking to her and friendly but she would tell me she was praying for him and I'm like what what that don't even make sense pray how do you pray for somebody and they stop wanting to you to lose your job and all this stuff so anyway one day I remember her inviting me now I used to go to churches a lot not because I was going to the church but because of my job it was a public job I had to represent the um the my company and most of my career, I had jobs that had me having to do a lot of community work in terms of speaking or presenting. And so I had been to churches many times, but it was more or less just to do my job. No, you know, I'm not going there to become a Christian or anything. And I like the music. I always thought the gospel singers had great music. So um, she invited me to her church and just out of respect for her, I went. Now, I hadn't told her about everything I was dealing with you know, all the anxiety, panic, every night calling the ambulance, but she probably saw those ambulance, now that I think about it, out there in the back of our house in the condo, because we live like downtown over a restaurant. It was really beautiful. Um, it's called the Arts District. But anyway, she invited me to her church, and I went. It wasn't necessarily this great sermon. She went to a church. As a matter of fact, she had left her sister's church to help a young white pastor start a multicultural church in Benton Harbor, Michigan, which was a very, you know, very 90% African-American community. And so, you know, at that point in life, I was like, oh yeah, so you're gonna come on save all the black people with Jesus. Yeah, I'm, I'll pass. So I really was like, <laughs> I really didn't have any, like, no, I'm good. So I went to the service and I just remember, I mean, he had the, the message went on and then, um, they, they didn't take offering like normal. They just told you the offering envelopes behind the seat on your way out, just put your offering in the bucket walking out. So it wasn't like an offering thing. You just walked out, took your envelope. But on the back of that envelope, it said, if you have a, you know, do you have a prayer request? Now I've filled those out many times over the years. Like I said, I've been to many churches prior, but it was, wasn't a joint was to do some kind of speaking based on whatever company I'm working for. So I put on there something to the effect that I want to know if you're real or not. And I wasn't talking about Jesus. I was just knowing I wasn't connecting with my God, the God that I thought was the God at that time, which was Allah. So um, the, for the first time, and I'm going to make a couple of points. So point one, churches, and I've said this in my church, and we become really adamant about doing this. I was the first time in all the years to me going to churches and filling out those, I had never gotten a call back. No one had ever reached out or it was just like, I think it was more perfunctory as opposed to real, but her pastor called me. And of course, I mean, I thought, you know, you just trying to get me to become Christian because, you know, I'm well known, you know, whatever. I didn't know they had been praying for me. They had, <laughs> they was trying to bring me over to the other side. Um, and I didn't know that at the time. Well, anyway, I met with him out of respect for her because I didn't take the call. I told her, your pastor called me. What does he want? She's like, go talk to him. 
and I'm like, okay, it can't hurt. So I went to the meeting and he gave me this book called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. And I don't know if you're familiar with that book, but um, yeah, very. Okay. So I should get like stock because all the people I've told about that book <laughs> and, and, and bought it and sent it to people all my family back, you know, when I first became saying me, I'm a, and it's, it was by a Pulitzer prize winning atheist who set out to prove that Jesus was a lie. And so he went through the emotional, financial, historical, analytical, and God knew that would be the thing that could get me because he, he debunked everything I had ever said about why Christianity was fake or everything I had been taught and learned like most people, the stuff we know is not because we actually investigate it. We kind of just go by what we hear and make our assumptions and make our, our facts based on hearsay. And so all the things that I thought were wrong with Christianity, like halfway through the book. Now, jumping back, I had called my father. He had been having different imams call me because I told you I was really dealing with anxiety, depression, was really stressing out. You know, the Quran wasn't helping. People were calling me. Still no no results. And as well, at that point, because of the level of like, anxiety and stress I was under I was having it was so bad that I could even drink water because I started to have ulcers really bad ulcers because of the anxiety and stress well anyway so I got the book from um, Pastor Brian um, and I started to read the book that day I just felt compelled for anything when time I went home it would be stressful to come home because I told you I was having so much panic um, so I started to read the book about halfway through the book I was like wow this is like everything I came up with. And so I half about halfway, maybe three fourths of the way, I got through the book and I called my dad. And one of the things I was most concerned about was whether my dad would reject me because no one in our family would even, even though my brothers and sisters call themselves Muslims, Muslims, just like a lot of Christians, you call yourself a Christian, but you're not actually practicing Christianity. So they can, they identified as Muslim as opposed to were actually following. And, but I was one of the only child of his that was actually following it. And so I called my dad and I was like, daddy, you know, I'm, um, I'm really thinking about this Christianity. I was telling him I got this book and a lot of stuff that we thought was true is just not. And then he said something that kind of freaked me up because I was really scared because I didn't want to get disowned. I didn't want my family to hate me because I mean, I'm about to do something that was like a no-go area, but not only my family, but Muslims in general. And he's told me, daughter, you're going to always be my daughter. <laughs> And that even now, every time I think about that, I just can cry because it was the one thing that I needed. I'm like, I could deal with my brothers and sisters, but my dad, I couldn't, I couldn't. And at that point, my mom had already passed. I couldn't imagine losing him because I became a Christian. Well, um, the, maybe a few days later, I had to be, go to a doctor's um, appointment, um, a specialist gastroenterologist. It took me like six months to get an appointment. It took from the time I made the appointment, they put me out six months. So I finally had that date. Now, remember, I had been going through this turmoil for a couple of years. It got really bad at the end. So on my way to the doctor's office, at the time I was driving my car, it was a Volvo and I didn't, my windshield wiper on the driver's side was broken. And I hadn't just gotten it fixed, just hadn't done it. You know, I don't, women don't get mad at me, but typical women, we just leave that kind of stuff until we have to, and then you have to go get it fixed. So I did the typical woman thing and didn't get it fixed. was like, whatever, I'll get it fixed. But that day on my way to the doctor's office, my friend had made me maybe a week or so before, made me a, a, a worship CD. So I've always loved Christian worship music, especially the African-American, because they could sing really good. And I love the music. So I listened to it, but she made me this like, new Christian music CD that I would play all the time. And it actually was another thing that helped like help me deal with the stress. 
So I'm on my way to the doctor's office in the, um, on my way there, no rain, everything's fine, sunny, driving there, all of a sudden, a monsoon literally break out. The rain is like a deluge. It's so much rain coming. Uh, even if I would have had two functioning windshield wipers, you would have to pull over because it was just that much rain. So I'm driving to the doctor's office and I pull over because, and I try to go over and then I almost hit a car and I'm like, I got to get off the road before I kill myself or someone else. So I pull over into a Walgreens parking lot in St. Joe Mission. I'm about maybe 10 minutes away from the doctor's appointment. Now, mind you, um, that morning, try to drink a little water, pain unbearable, because that's how bad it was. I um, like, I got to get to this doctor's appointment. It takes you six months to get in. I can't miss this appointment. So I'm stressed even more now. I'm like, what am I going to do? This rain doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. And I remember being in the parking lot and I'm sitting there and the music is playing and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And then I just said out of my mouth, God, if you're God, stop the rain and get me safely to the doctor's office. And the rain immediately stopped, not like trickle down, immediately stopped completely. And if you have been in that kind of rainstorm, it is not uh, physically possible for rain to stop that fast. It just doesn't happen. And so I'm, I'm like, okay, the rain just stopped. And so I'm freaking out now. I'm like, okay, the rain just stopped. Now, prior to that, I had started, you know, I finished reading a book. My friend gave me a Bible. I hadn't accepted, but I'm starting to look and I'm like, I'm feeling comfort. Um, so I, I look at my windshield wiper and the windshield wiper had this stuff that beads up the water. And as I see the water and look at it, it dries up on its own, it just goes, no water. So the rain stopped and all the water come off my windshield wiper. And so I'm like, okay. So I'm, I pull back out and I'm looking all around cause you can imagine I'm like freaking out. I'm like, okay, the rain has stopped, the rain has stopped. How did the rain stop? I just asked the rain to stop and the rain stopped. Um, so I'm driving there, I get into, about to turn into the, um, into the driveway to the doctor's office. Um, and I just remember hearing well, you didn't say whether that was Christian or Muslim. So I know the enemy was fighting back because like, I didn't, I didn't say, God, if you're God, stop the rain, but I didn't say specifically. And so that thought came to my mind. I know where it come from now, but at the time I was like, that's true. So I, cause at, at first I thought, okay, that's God. But then I'm like, well, no, I didn't say, so how do I know? So I pull into the, the, um, the parking lot and park. And then I say, cause I'm like, I gotta know, I need to be 100% sure that this is, Christ that's talking to Jesus. And so I say, God, if you're Jesus, start the rain. If you're um, Muhammad or Allah, leave it stopped. Like one second, not even a full second, two moments happened and the rain burst out again. And I'm like, wow, I actually got the rain to, to, to stop it. So, but even then, because the first time the rain stopped completely, it did immediately. This would take maybe not even a full second, but the dog came in my head. And it's clear, this is the only time I've heard God's audible voice, but I heard him as clear as I'm talking to you guys. I heard, you asked me for confirmation. Now I'm in the car by myself, I hear in the car, audibly, you asked me for confirmation and still you doubt me. Yeah. And I just started to cry and I called my friend Rose. She started screaming. God answers prayer. Did I find out everybody had been praying? I had been a prayer point because, you know, as we know, as, as believers, when you get someone who's been very publicly another faith to convert, it can bring a lot of people to Christ. Well, the, the, I was a target for them. 
to bring to Christ. And so two days later on November 17, 2010, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior with Pastor Brian. My first pastor was a young white guy, joined the church, and I, I've been on fire for Jesus ever since. So that is my, um, my, my conversion story. So, and then as you guys may know, God has been doing this. I've heard it more and more and more. He's been coming to so many Muslims and different all over the world. Um, yeah. Physically. And, you know, we talked about that. Our pre He's been right. showing himself and he, he didn't show up like physically, but I heard his voice like it's clear as I'm talking to you guys. And I, that was the first time now, I know God. I hear his voice all the time. But like the audible voice of God, that was what I heard. Yeah, he saves that. Pardon me? He saves that for special occasions. Yeah, he saved that. Yeah, <laughs> that was. And so that's and I'm, I haven't looked back. I've been yeah. on fire like, wow. like for real on fire ever since. Well, that's, you know, I, I kind of have to apologize that, um, you know, I'm kind of new to this whole podcast thing. And I know that typically when people kind of interview or have a guest, they do some background checking and, you know, find out about the person and you're a busy woman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold that um, thought, Kyle, because uh, I, I want to get into that because that was one of the things that I wanted to uh, talk about was how successful um, Karima is. But let's uh, let's take a break real quick and uh, we'll get right back to it. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, as you know, Kyle, I am kind of a first-time dad all over again. Um... I mean, I, I've got grown sons that are over 30 years old. I've got grandkids. I've got grandsons. But I have never had a daughter until recently. And that's recently. a different world. And that is a totally different world that I'm finding out. I mean, you, you've been knowing it for, what, 17 years now? Um, yes. Yeah. And, and I'm just finding out the, the utter complexities of little girls and, and how everything is different. And... Um, yesterday my, my wife found something online, um, to take my daughter to that I thought was just absolutely crazy. 
and just rolled my eyes, you know, because I'm used to, I'm used to raising boys. Um, you take them to soccer, you take them to baseball, you take them to football and you know, they go out there and they get crazy. Well, my wife found something for a free hip hop dance class. And, um, she decided since it was free, why not? Let's give it a shot. So we went last night and we went to a place called Captivating Dance by Nona, N-O-N-A. And I cannot give this lady enough uh, kudos, congratulations, accolades, whatever you want to call it. She is phenomenal with these kids. Uh, my daughter's six, and there were three or four others there uh, for this. And she is just so patient and good and kind and my daughter walked out, you know, learning a new skill. And like I said, for me, you know, watching girls prance around is something totally new for me. Uh, no one hit each other. Uh, there, there were no fights broke out. Uh, there was no blood. And so for me, that's just a different experience. But uh, I cannot say enough about Miss Nona. Uh, Miss Nona actually comes from California, uh, and she recently moved to Texas. And she did not bring California with her. <laughs> she she good thing. she embraces the the Texas culture. She loves it. In fact, she lives in my neighborhood, which we just found out. Uh, and she loves all things Texas. Um, but she had a very thriving business in California. Uh, if you go to her website, it is cdbntexas.com. That's c d b n texas.com and what that stands for is captivating dance by nona so cbdn um texas.com and she has got programs for the absolute and utter beginner like my daughter who poor thing couldn't stand on one foot by herself she's she's trying to learn her balance and nona helped her with that she walked out knowing a whole lot better uh to all the way up to just absolute jazz and tap and interpretive dance and um, just everything there is, and her prices are extremely reasonable, and I cannot recommend her enough. Uh, if you have a, a little or a uh, an older girl, and even boys, they even have the boys' uh, hip-hop dancing and everything else. She's got YouTube channels. Check her out. Uh, she's here. It's called, uh, what did I say it was called? Um, Captivating. Yes, CBD by CBC. D B N Texas.com. That stands for Captivating Dance by Nona. And Miss Nona is the owner. Uh, they're, they're here in Katy at uh, 27252 Katy Freeway. Um, and her phone number is 281 665 3147. And you can get her by email at info at Texas. Dot com. Can't recommend her enough. Highly, highly recommend you go see her. So after, you know, looking into uh, all the things that you're into, looks like you host a television show. Um, I see something about you being a, uh, a playwright. A filmmaker, sounds you do like radio. Sounds like you're stalking the lady, dude. 
No, this is one article. <laughs> this is just one article about her. But get this. She's got an album. What? She's got an album. Singing? Yes. Karima, you holding back over here. <laughs> you sing? Well, yeah, I'm a worship leader. Wow. I don't talk about that. Really and, you, and you have a TV show? have a TV show, and um, as a matter of fact, um, October 19th of this year, I'm launching a television network. My husband and I call it No Walls TV. No, you're we not. We already got our licensing. Yeah, we have a television network. And I mean, on we'll be on Roku, Amazon Fire, as well as right now, channels in Atlanta, Texas, and California. And then we'll be adding more stations on as we go. Call, wow. And basically, it's Christian television you always wanted, you know, bringing God out of the walls of the church and into our everyday lives where he actually lives. You like the Christian Oprah, ain't you? <laughs> Just Christian Oprah. Kind of. I never heard that, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, kind of. But yeah, I've got some pictures of her singing, and I'm going to have to figure out where I can listen to it because it looks like she's belting it out. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Most people don't go look up stuff. So. <laughs> well, most Kyle people aren't Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, this album is called I Have No Tears for Me. Yeah, uh, it's not new. Well, I say it's not new. Uh, what, three or four years ago? Yeah, it came out in 2014. Yeah, the Huff Post wrote on it. It went number one in several countries on Africa, went all over the world, got airplay, it did really well. But, you know, that was just my one of the things that I do. <laughs> so you're just quite the successful little entrepreneur, aren't you? Troy, can I tell her the, I think it's one of the most aggravating stories I have ever heard in my life. And it regards Troy, of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Troy has been, how many different bands have you been in? Oh, man. Uh, including worship bands? Sure. Six or seven. Yeah, I was figuring it was probably somewhere at least around 10. It, it Troy may, plays guitar. Maybe, maybe. Um, you know, I think he sings a little bit, although I don't think he's a vocalist. I ain't good you know? at it. Yeah. So, so Troy goes to this um, event that we used to have in Austin called um, Aqua Fest. <laughs> I hate you that you remember things like this. Because the minute you bring this up, I know exactly what you're fixing to say. And I cannot stand so, the fact that you can remember these things. Oh, go ahead. For eons. Uh. No, I mean, I got to tell Worse you. Worse than my wife that brings up stuff from, you remember 27 years ago when yeah. I said, you know. This, is, this was a guy that he may have, uh, <laughs> he may have deserved a whooping. <laughs> so they had a karaoke tent set up, Troy singing karaoke. And this guy comes up and he's like, you're fantastic. You know, he's like, have you ever done any studio work? And just really butters Troy up and, so Troy's like, no, no, I haven't done all that. He's like, oh, well, you're good enough. You know, you should, you should be recording. Now, keep in mind, this is Austin, Texas. This is where recording people record. Yeah, okay. where, I mean, it could be, yeah, it could be somebody that runs a legitimate studio and, you know, could launch a career. But uh, no, that's <laughs> not what happened at all. So he tells Troy, uh, here's my card. He was like, give me a call next week and we need to get together and go to lunch. So uh, at that time, Troy and I were actually working together. So he tells me that he's got to take off for a little bit. 
to go meet with this guy. And he comes back and um, he's just very quiet. And I finally asked him, I said, well, how did your meeting go? I don't want to talk about it. I was like, that good? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. Well, come to find out, this guy <laughs> invited Troy to lunch to see if Troy was interested in selling Amway products so that he could pay for studio time. <laughs> what a bait and switch. I mean, that was just so wrong. I mean, I had told everybody, I'm going to go meet, wow. I'm, I'm meeting with a producer, I'm meeting with a guy. I could launch my career. I never expected this. Oh my gosh. And we sit down to lunch. He's a nice guy, you know, he goes, Oh, thank you so much for meeting me. So why I called you here today, I was just wondering, have you, have you ever thought of a career in, in Amway? I have never wanted to punch someone in the throat so badly, so badly. The lunch did not last long. And and what's absurd. I mean, it's not just the chasm between selling Amway and being a recording artist. It's just such a reach that, yeah, if you sell Amway, then you can afford studio time. You got to give the guy credit, yeah. though. You got to give the guy credit. I mean, you know, he, he figured out a way to get a meeting with me. He figured out a way to get a potential, uh, I guess, one of his circles or whatever. So I've got to give the guy credit looking back. And, and, to bring this back to where we are, to bring this back to to <laughs> some sense of order in this podcast, you know, it it would be nice if if we as Christians could be like that guy and just be that bold with our faith and be that bold to just walk up to somebody and say, hey, I need to talk to you. I've got something I want to share with you, kind of like Rose did with you. Um, you know, and, and it, it would be really nice if we had more Christians that were willing to be that bold. Um, now I don't know that that would be the best way to do it in, 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 in making that person think you're someone you're not. I, I, I don't think that's probably the best way. I think the best way would be more open as Rose was with you. Um, but I do wish we were more bold in our faith, uh, than that. So. Well, that's not quite the, the direction I was going with. Okay. That. But, but, <laughs> but you're close. I was just going to say, it's great that people who cannot sing are still willing to sing at the top of their lungs, spiritual songs, unlike people who are actually qualified like Karima to sing those kind of songs. Right. Right. Oh yeah. You'll, you'll hear me in church and you know, I've, I've had many a looks, uh, you know, and I just take them as compliments that, you know, and so heck with you. No matter what. That's right. That's right. God hears it. It's like nobody's listening. That's right. God hears it as music. So there you go. Um, Karima, I have some questions for you. Um, and they're not going to be probably the typical questions you, you hear, or maybe they are, I don't know, but, one of my questions was be would be since you have been on both sides of this you you've been uh, you know on the Muslim side and you've been on the Christian side and, and you know thank the God thank God Almighty that you you chose the Christian side um, you know for for some people in um, in our audience that that may not you know know exactly where the Muslim faith came from, um, you know, we, we can back it up and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Karima, but it, it goes back to Abraham. 
um, and where Abraham was promised a child from God, Abraham being in his 90s and Sarah being barren for all those years, you know, it was considered somewhat impossible for Sarah to bear children. Um, And so uh, God had promised Abraham that his descendants would be greater than the stars in the heaven and that he would give them a child. Um, And Abraham waited patiently. Abraham and Sarah waited patiently. It didn't come. It didn't come. It didn't come. They kind of lost their faith somewhat, um, thinking that, okay, if this is going to happen, it needs to happen pretty soon. So Sarah... um, convinced Abraham to lay with their handservant, Hagar, and have a child with Hagar. Um, and, you know, Abraham was was not, you know, okay. You know, he was somewhat reluctant to do this, and he was, you know, but at some point, Sarah was able to convince him. He laid with Hagar. They had a child. They named the child Ishmael. Um, God was not very pleased with that, um, and he he, you know, allowed Ishmael to be born and to, to be raised and all that. But at some point, God did keep his promise, and Sarah did have a child, and that child was Isaac. And, of course, Isaac goes on, and through his line was the line of, of, of Judah, the line of, of Israel. Now, in the, in the Muslim faith and in the Arab community, the firstborn is the one that inherits everything. The firstborn is the most important. And when Sarah convinced Abraham to make Hagar and Ishmael leave the camp, Abraham was very concerned about his son Ishmael. And uh, God even said, don't worry, I will make a great nation from him as well. Okay, so that was the promise of God that he would make a great nation of Ishmael. Now, my understanding, Karima, is that the Muslim faith faith follows the line of of Ishmael. Am I correct? That's correct. Okay. So Ishmael goes out and it's it's a very similar story and I and I haven't really I, I haven't gone too deep into it, but it's a very similar story of of Isaac Jacob and and all those um that he begins to spread um you know his seed and his his line and it became a very large line just as God had promised. My question is that up until that point, it would appear that the God of Islam and the God of Israel were the same God. Do you believe that the God of the Muslim faith, Allah, is the same God that we worship as Christians, um, the, the great I Am, which is really the only name he's ever given himself, um, do you believe that they are one and the same? I did as a Muslim, and I found out that was a lie. Okay. So one of the tenets, the primary tenet that um, Islam is based on is is uh, a surah in the Quran. It says, he begots, nor is he begotten. It's all it's over and over in the Quran because it denies the deity of Jesus. Okay. It's specifically, so begots, remember... In the, in the Christian faith, it says he's his only begotten son. Right. All throughout the Quran, it said he begot, nor is he begotten, denying the deity of Jesus. And so we are actually taught, and it says in the Quran that Jesus was a prophet. 
he will come back, but he's a prophet. So it's absolutely not the same guy. And that's what I would always say to my Muslim friends. And since most people don't know their own scriptures, don't read the Bible, unfortunately, they don't know that that cannot be true or don't know. So most people say, well, as long as you believe in one God, I would always say, oh, well, we believe in the same God. We just got different ways of getting there. Right. That's a life in the Correct. pit of hell. Yeah. That, that is sending a lot of people to hell. It's not the same God. Absolutely not. It denies the deity of Jesus. There's no Trinity. There's no um, Jesus is not a, a God. He's a prophet. Mm-hmm. And and God can't have children. Right. And that's all the way through Scripture in the, yeah. um, the is Islamic faith. Yeah, the Bible says, you know, in, in John, one of the most famous, you know, 316, that God so loved the world that he gave. Um, and, and, and I his love only begotten. his only begotten son, but, but the part I love is that God so loved the world that he gave, mm-hmm. you know, you just, you just look at that small part of it, that, that God so loved the world that he didn't ask us to worship him. He, he demanded it, but it wasn't God so loved the world that he demanded you worship him. God so loved the world that he took all your free liberties away. God so loved the world that he smited everyone that didn't like him. God so loved the world that he, you know, on and on and on. No, God so loved the world that he gave. That in and of itself is the beauty of Christianity. That in and of itself separates us from every other world religion there is. Because every other world religion says, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to be this, you have to be that. And God says, no, 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 I loved you so much that I gave. I gave you my son. I gave you my only begotten son, so that whosoever shall believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. And so it has nothing to do with what you do. It has nothing to do with what you have. It has nothing to do with what you can provide. It has everything to do with God so loved the world that he gave. And all we have to do is accept it. And that is totally contrary to the Muslim faith. Am I, am I correct? And that was one of the things that I always tell people that what gives you so much liberty and freedom as a Christian is that I spent my whole life, um, and I know the reason I became Christian, because I would always say, God, I, I got to go to heaven. So I tried to live a good Muslim life because it was important to me that I went to heaven. But you never knew. You always had this sense of unworthiness because it says in the Quran, if your left hand outweighs the right hand, meaning your good deeds outweigh the bad deeds, and you go to heaven. So you never know until you get, until you die, whether or not you're going to end up. So you spend your whole life feeling unaccepted, and, and it's an underlying rejection that causes so many other problems in your life that you're not even recognizing until you actually find Christ, because now you're accepted in the beloved because of who he is, not because of you. Exactly. And that's so different than the Islamic it's, faith, yeah, when it's, it's everything about works. Yeah, it's all about, you know, every, again, what separates us as, as Christians from every other religion is every other religion is do, 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 do. You must do this, you must do that, you must human do... Being, human doings, not do, human beings. Exactly, and the Christian faith is done. The theme of the Christian faith is, it's done, it's finished, I've already done it all. You can't top it. You, you can't do anything that I haven't already done for you. All you have to do is accept it. That's it. Right. And, and, and that's the beauty. You know, it says, you know, in, in Romans it tells us that it is by grace, through faith, that we are saved. And this is a gift from God, and not by works, so that no one may boast. So it's not like, I am so good, I am so wonderful, I have done it, I am going to make it to heaven. No, 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 it has nothing to do with that. Like, you know, in the Muslim faith, you said the left hand has to outweigh the right hand, but how do you know? What a horrible way to go through life. 
<laughs> no, you don't. You never know. You're always yeah. trying to do enough. Um, and you just never measure up. So you feel like this whole, your whole life of never measuring up to, or being always concerned that you do enough good. So then you do things not necessarily from the heart, but from this desire to pay enough. Exactly. So you can make it to God. Exactly. You know? Man, that, that is, that is it right there. Karima is that, are you altruistic in your deeds? Are you doing them truly for the sake of being good? Or are you doing them so that, who I got to do some good stuff so that I might make it to heaven? And that's such a difference. In Christianity, we do good. We do great things because he's already given us everything. And, and we, can't, we can't give back enough. And we feel like we have to, to give. We have to be good. We have to do the right things because he loved us so much that, that we need to show that to other people. We need to give that to other people. And it has nothing to do with our salvation because we know that's secure. That's already done. And that's why it's, it's so backwards. It's so backwards. Um, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and, and the, you know, Jewish faith is exactly the same. You know, the Jewish faith is exactly the same. You never know. I've, I've asked Jews before. I said, are you going to heaven? I don't know. What, what do you mean you don't know? It's well, not for me to decide. That's up to God. So you have nothing that tells you you're going to heaven. Well, I just got to hope I did enough good. Oh, it's got to be a terrible way yep, to live. Pretty much. It reminds me of uh, of a movie called uh, Saving Private Ryan. You ever you ever heard that? You ever, oh yeah, did you I watch that? watched that movie back in the day. Okay, I'm fixing to ruin that movie for you because I ruin it for everyone. So do you remember the scene where uh, Private Ryan they they they've they've come up to the bridge. They're they're trying to defend the bridge. Tom Hanks is there. Private Ryan's there. You know the captain and all those people are there, and the captain just got shot. And he's dying. And he calls Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks. He he's dying. And he calls Private Ryan over and he whispers in his ear this one thing. Earn this. Earn this. And he says it twice. How would it be if Jesus on the cross, instead of saying, It is finished, he said, Earn this? How much different would our lives be? they would be like every other religion on the planet. Right, truth. And so, and what a terrible burden to put on a young man that all of these people just sat here and died for you. All of these people came and sacrificed their life so that you could go home because your mother has already lost enough people that we need to get you home. So everyone has sacrificed their lives, their everything, so that you could go home. Now you need to earn that. And I remember the last scenes of Private Ryan when he's crying and he's bawling and he's, he's at Arlington Cemetery and he's just crying his eyes out and he asks his wife, was I a good man? Did I do enough? What Did I earn it? And it seems like the Muslims and the Jews and the Buddhists and the Hindus and, and all these others go through their entire lives wondering, did I do enough? Was I a good man? Did I earn it? What a horrible way to live. What an absolutely yeah. horrible way. And, and to be Christian now, you must feel so free. Yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. Being Christian, I say it all the time, being Christian is lit. I don't know anybody. <laughs> like, it's a perfect way to put I it. I love it. Perfect way to put it. You know, and Jesus said, yeah. I come to set you free. And that's what he meant when he said to set us free. He set us free from that burden of earnness. 
we are free because we've it's already been earned and there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can add to it. And I, I hate, not hate, I don't want to say hate. It, it, it bothers me when I go to these churches and these different religions that want to add all this stuff to it. You know, don't drink, don't smoke, don't dance, don't do this, don't, 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 don't. As if the cross was great and Jesus, we appreciate it, but we're going to go ahead and take it from here. You know, and we're going to tell everybody else what they can't do and what they can do because obviously you didn't say enough and you didn't do enough. And I, I hate it when churches do that um, because the true Christian that, that gets Christ in their heart already knows those things. I can't do those things. Not because okay. it's going to keep me from heaven, but because I'm compelled by the blood of Christ. I'm compelled by the Holy Spirit. I'm compelled by God Almighty to to be a different person, to be a new creation. And... uh and yeah, it's just got to be so freeing to go from that that long life of bondage to this total freedom you have. Tell me about that. It's awesome. It's been it's been amazing. I mean, as you said, we have the grace of God. We have His the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, we have a walking we're walking tabernacles. We carry God inside of us. Um, it's a beautiful feeling. It's a beautiful understanding. Um, what I would like to see more of, and one of the things that is very important to me in the ministry God has given me in terms of ministering to people, I don't have a ministry, you know, I'm, uh, but how I minister to people is to get them to know who they are in Christ, your authority, um, what God has promised you, and that, you know, all those things in the Bible, I was telling someone this morning, a young lady that I've been mentoring that, you know, God gave us the promises because he wanted us to live them out. And, it's, you know, he pairs for lack of knowledge. And if you don't know the word of God, you don't know what you have. And knowing the word of God, because, you know, beginning was the word, the word was God, the word is God. So because he is the word and the word is what, what transform us is to get people to know the word. You know, the whole relevant show is relevant. The rest of it is the word works because yeah. I base, I'm like, I don't have anything to share with anybody. I have the word because I know what changes people. I know what changes life and it's right. the actual word. And when we take the word and we were with the word and in our life, then we have the results of the word. And the reason most people don't have the results of the word because you don't know it. Um, and if what you don't know, you can't apply and what you don't apply, you don't get results from. Right. So the results I have is strictly from knowing the word, staying in the word, trusting the word and making the word superimposed over my situation. Instead of taking my situation and bringing it up to God, I take the word of God and put it over my situation and then I see the results. Of Amen. The word. Amen to that. Yeah. And that's, that's why we, we named our show exploring the way, because, you know, Jesus called himself the truth, the life and the way. And, and, yeah, the way, yeah. you know, because wow. he is the way and also the word, you know, it's all about him, you know, and that's what everything, it, it's all about him. Um, Actually, your comments kind of lead to the question that I had for you is that um, it seems like there's such a, and, and, and I know that there's, can be a lot of differences between, you know, Christian churches and some can be what we would want to call extreme and they practice certain things that, you know, we think are out there, but it seems that within Islam, the extremes are much, much greater. Um, and we talked about that, you know, before we did this podcast and uh, you mentioned that in your raising, you weren't allowed to read the Quran at all. Um, not in the nation of Islam, no. Yeah. Which Whereas in Christianity, we're all encouraged to read the Bible and study the Bible. And I don't know that there is a church that doesn't have a Bible study group, if not three or four Bible study groups. I think that's one of the huge differences between, you know, um, 
the the two just in the level of understanding of what the word is right I'm, I'm so glad you highlighted because the thing about the word of god and Islam, and so as I told you guys, I, I started off in a nation of Islam, then my family went to true Islam, and I say as true as a false religion can be. Right. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. different right, right, facets, right. and um, but the the word of God, as as in the word of God from Jesus Christ, um, it gives you access to everything. And uh, what I didn't have access to in the Quran was it was more rules and regulations, not relationships. It was more do's and don'ts as opposed to the grace and the promises. And, you know, like I didn't, I couldn't believe for healing or anything like that. It was, right. I mean, I see miracle signs and wonder daily. I mean, God growing out, I mean, <laughs> growing out limbs, cancer leave. I mean, this is an all the time occurrence in my life, which it should be normal. And the reason people don't see it because they don't know God's word in terms of, um, what he promised us and what is is not i'm not special i always tell people that i'm not special or a superstar i just trust god's word and you know god can't bring a word into you that you don't know so that whole kind of even the people who study the quran that are in the quote-unquote true islam and then it's the other piece of it, which is the hadith which was the life of the prophet what gives you how to live which all just rules and regulations are do's and don'ts. Right, right. it's nothing that can that you can hold on to and war with in terms of god said this and because he said it when you apply it and say it and declare it because you're a king and you decree a thing and to be established then you don't see what happens in your life and so what i love about the word of god as a muslim is that he gives me the problem he gives me the keys to have dominion as a co-heir with him that i am um and i was saying this at a prayer meeting i was having that day i'm not a co-heir as in you get 25 percent troy and you get 25 percent kyle and i get you know the 50 no we all get 100 because that's, right. that's what co-heirs are and that's we right. all get that and i'm and i believe in that and so because i believe it with everything in me um then i see the results of that word in my life right and you know one of the things is um you know in the quran i know that um the quran also uh refers back to the torah uh which is the you know the first the old testament uh up until abraham and um, so the Torah, the first, especially the first five books, the Pentateuch, um, the Quran is very much centered around, which, of course, if you look at the Pentateuch, if you look at the first five books, you know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers, it's all about rules. You know, it's all about how to live because God had to keep those people alive. Um, and so it seems like the, the Muslim religion, like you just said, they believed that Jesus was a prophet, but they didn't believe that, that he was the son of God. Therefore, he could not fulfill those laws. So if you're not the son of God, if you're not perfect, then obviously you can't fulfill those laws, just as the Jews of the days believed that he was not the Messiah, he was not the chosen one, he was not the anointed. And so, yeah, that's it seems like, you know, you know kind of like the Jewish people, the Muslims are stuck in this old, you know, um, Old Testament style uh, faith in that where I have to tell you how to live, where to live, what to do, how to do it. And if you break any of these laws, then, you know, then we, we've got issues and you've, you're going to have to do all these things to make up for that. And, uh, and the beauty of Christianity is, yeah, he came, he fulfilled those laws. He lived the perfect life. He became sin for us and he died and removed it from our lives. And all we have to do is accept that as a gift. Um, and the, the Muslim faith, kind of like the, the Jewish faith, is, is very much stuck in that law. In that, you know, and thank God we're under grace and we're not under law. 
So, so, um, so I think that uh, that pretty much wraps it up for us today. And Karima, I I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you being here. How much that I thank God that you're here, and that He was able to do a work in you that that is not quite finished yet. And that you have a long way to go, and your story will inspire so many. Um, And the works that you're doing now, I know that that he is smiling down on you and has a special place and a special crown for you uh, when you get there that that is going to just be amazing. And uh, and I hopefully can see you again. I hopefully we can speak again someday. Uh, Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to come back. and, uh, And thank you. Kyle? Yeah, especially around October when uh, you guys are going to be launching an entire network. Yeah, October 19th. Yeah, I want to know about that. Keep us involved. Please send us an email with links. Um, well, you can go to the Do It Now, and you can just sign up for the NISA, so you'll see sneak peeks of the new content. It's called <laughs> NoWallsTV.tv. Okay, okay. And right now, you can just pretty much sign up for the uh, sneak peeks, so we'll be rolling out things. We're actually going to be doing... Um, launch party so maybe you guys do a launch party and watch it on i would day. love to do that yeah would love that, that. that'd be so awesome so we'll be we're going to send you a launch box that okay. has things in there yeah that, keep you know. us yeah keep us up uh, you've got our email you you know how to get a hold of us uh please Absolutely. keep us involved uh guys we're going to wrap it up here like always we so much appreciate you being out there you know obviously uh we we wouldn't keep doing this if you didn't keep listening we 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 cannot thank you enough and uh and Kyle, I appreciate you being here. And guys, if you want to get a hold of us, you, you know how to get a hold of us. We've got uh, we've got our email at uh, exploringtheway21 at gmail.com. We've got our our uh, our web address at uh, exploringtheway uh, dot info. Um, we now are on Twitter at exploring t way. There's no the. I couldn't get the the. So somebody else already had Exploring the Way. So uh, our, our handle for Twitter is at Exploring T Way. So absolutely reach out and get a hold of us. If you're listening to us, please don't forget to give us those stars. And a good review would be awesome. Karima, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Kyle, good to see you, buddy. Everyone else, have a blessed week.